you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy hellman hi everybody it is so great to be back again with you this week i'm happy to report that i am doing a little bit better (laughs) a little bit better you can see i'm not all the way better because my shelves are not styled so i must not be doing a lot better Also, I have not found my lipstick, so, you know, surviving. (laughs) Uh, We still have the squirrels, but they're hopefully going to be moving back to the forest in the next week or so, based on our live traps that we've been setting. Uh, Things are on the upswing. The downstairs is starting to be painted. We're moving out of some boxes. I'm optimistic for the future, and I hope that you are too. On the professional side, things are looking up too, because we are currently hiring at Uploft Interior Design. We have two openings, and I'm excited to share them with you, so that way if you match the criteria or if you know someone who does, you can send in the information because we are currently looking, currently hiring, can't wait to find some amazing new staff. The first role that we're looking to fill is an interior design position. So we are hiring two interior designers in the Washington, D.C. area. If you or someone that you know is an interior designer living in that area, please have them head over to affordableinteriordesign.com careers. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com careers. And there you're going to find a description of the role as well as an application that you can click and fill out right online. Please send it in ASAP as we are looking to fill this position right away as soon as we find some amazing candidates. And this is a part-time position. You are paid per project, flexible hours. You choose when you work and how many clients you want to take. And yeah, it's a great role for somebody who wants flexibility and also wants to be using their creativity with amazing clients that we have. So there you go. The second role is a salesperson. Now, this is a full-time position, Monday through Friday, 9.30 to 5.30 Eastern time. 
And this person is on the phone a lot, talking to potential leads and figuring out their needs and seeing that they align with the plans that we offer. This person is also emailing the client's details, scheduling the clients, and this person also will be expected to reach out to management companies, to real estate agents, to architects, to partner and create relationships so that we can find new clients while expanding our network. This role is fully remote, so you can live anywhere in the world, but you do have to operate in those standard hour times, Eastern Standard, excuse me, of 9.30 to 5.30. It is salary plus bonus, which is based on sales. And if you have more questions about the role or feel like you might be a fit, you can read all the details at affordableinteriordesign.com slash careers. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash careers. Read more about the role. Fill out the online application. We are looking to fill this role ASAP. Let's segue, guys. Let's segue to your questions. I can't wait to dig into the old mailbag. The first question that comes up is from Chris. Chris is writing from Scottsdale, Arizona, and he or she says, Betsy, please help me. My husband and I are moving from a rental into a newly constructed townhome. We'll be able to pick our finishes, including countertops, cabinets, backsplash, and flooring. The space is open concept and our furniture is neutral with touches of orange and blue. The only problem is that I love my Alexa dining table from West Elm, but it's the honey-colored wood and orange-hued. The choices from our new space, they all seem cool, not warm. I don't want to spend a lot of extra money on upgrading flooring if I don't have to, and I also don't want to buy a new dining table, but I do need your help figuring out what to do. The first pick is our dining table in our rental space, so you can ignore that flooring. The second pick is an inspiration kitchen look. I like the white cabinets, gray quartz countertops, and darker wood look flooring. I think my current table would work in this space. Do you think so? My choices are not exactly the same in the house we are going to buy. The third photo is a mock-up from the builder's website showing the options for the new homes. From the look of it, none of these choices go with my table. I plugged in white cabinets, gray countertops, and all the flooring options are in the photo for you to see. Fired Beauty, Motion Cue, Round 2, Sterilina White, Pocono Smoke, and Albero Forista. My question is, would darker wood-like floors look okay with white cabinets and gray quartz countertops from my builder's options photo? And if so, would that work well with the honey-colored Alexa table? If not, would a warmer tile color like the fourth picture work in the space? Or should I just start from scratch? My head is really spinning. Thank you for your help, Chris. Well, Chris, thank you for writing in. My head is also spinning, and it could be the paint fumes. It could be the squirrel pee. Or it might just be all the questions in your email. So let's dig in. Without further ado, I'm just scrolling through your pictures. And guys, if you're curious, you can scroll through her pictures at our YouTube page at Affordable Interior Design on YouTube. So looking here, I mean, the builder options look great. And I totally get a sense of your table, the Alexa dining table. Not only is it a honey-colored wood, even the base, even the round top, but also it has somewhat of a rustic finish. So it definitely has um, differentiation of texture, of tone. I would say it ranges all the way from honey 
to like a darker walnut in certain veins. Um, yeah. So we wouldn't call it veins. We call it grains. But I'm so fried, guys. Grains, veins. You say tomato. I say tomato. All right. Let's go back to the builder options. Now, I don't feel like the architectural woods must match the furniture. I absolutely don't feel like that. I especially don't feel like that in a rental. You know, my last home that I owned had mahogany floors. They were rich, they were herringbone, but they were stained in this very warm, reddish kind of cherry way. And that is not at all my vibe. And it feels a little dated to me. I was not going to invest in refinishing the floors. It looks like they had just done that. But I also didn't want to purchase furniture that aligned with that. It wasn't as dark as you might think. So it was kind of a mid-tone cherry red. And I incorporated mid-tone wood furniture. And I think it worked really well. One of the main reasons it worked really well is that you rarely saw wood on wood. I used a lot of rugs, as I always do, because rugs add that soft texture, they define areas, and they also help to break things up because I don't like wood on wood anyway. And so even if your wood table perfectly matched the flooring, it's a lot of dense wood in one area considering the base is also that same wood tone. I think the way to solve the Alexa dining table problem, no matter what room you put it in, is by using a nice big rug, and you want to make sure that you have 30 to 36 inches to pull out your chair while still staying on the rug. When I have a circular table, I use a square rug. For instance, in my new home, I'm going to have a puzzle table. I'm so excited to have a puzzle table. Like, what? That's exciting. I don't personally ever puzzle, but my husband puzzles and he's been suppressing it because I was like, not on my dining table. I'm not shifting your puzzle every time we want to have a meal. So I'm really excited to get this guy a designated puzzle table. And it is 48 inches round and I am putting it on an eight foot square rug. That gives you a sense. Then I'll put the chairs at a diagonal so that they're pulling out on the longest corners and have more room to scoot back as he's puzzling and then running to the kitchen for another diet soda and then puzzling and running to the kitchen for some freshly made popcorn. That's that's his MO, right? And I put the puzzle table right outside the TV room so he can eat popcorn, drink soda, and build a puzzle while watching his favorite shows. I thought of everything, guys. I've really got my priorities in place. Uh, Now, in terms of the builder options, this is a much bigger decision that you should never make based on a dining table because ideally these renovation selections will last much longer than your table will. I hope that you get at least 10 to 15 years of longevity from any renovation selections you make while it's still looking uh, not dated, right? Whereas the dining table might get dings, nicks, 15 years is a long life for a dining table, depending on the age of your children and how hard you puzzle, right? Uh, So in terms of the builder options, I, as you may know, if you're a longtime listener to this podcast, absolutely detest white on white on white. I think white on white on white 
looks like you didn't make a choice. And also nothing starts to look white because they're never going to be the exact same white. So one is a little off-white, one has a little more gray, one is a little more accru, and it just looks like a non-choice rental white mess. Uh, And the other thing I don't love, which I'm not sure I share too much on the podcast because it's been so hot, so trendy, so many people have it, and I don't want to make them feel bad, but personally, gray stained floors, for me, not only are they trendy, I enjoyed them for about six months, and then I was like, no, 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 no. You know, they just don't really work for me in terms of easily going with other furniture, easily going with lots of styles. I think it's pretty limiting, pretty trendy, pretty dated, pretty not the best current move. And I know that's controversial, guys. I know. And if you have gray stained floors, don't feel bad about yourself because that is a personal opinion of mine. And this is just a podcast, right? Live your best life. If you like it, it was right for you, right? Because I'm making some really bold choices in my house and I don't care. I am having the deepest purple dining room you ever did see. And right across from it, I have a navy TV room and I don't care. Then the room right next to it, I have trellis wallpaper in a robin's egg blue with a white background. Like I'm going for it, guys. And does it align with every rule in my book? Maybe not. Am I going to do it anyway? Hell yes. I'm living my best life. You live your best life with your gray stained floors. But, Chris, since you asked, don't do that. Don't do gray stained floors, even though that appears to be several of the selections you've shown me. Uh, You know, with a decision as big as a renovation, I really want you to take your time, maybe even consult a professional because there's lots of choices to make from cabinet color to backsplash color to countertop to flooring. And maybe you want the island to be a different color than the cabinets. These are all decisions that need to beautifully go together. You can't fall in love with the countertops and not think at all about the backsplash. And now a lot of my clients also want a different type of countertop on top of their island, which I am currently doing in my kitchen. So if that's something that is appealing to you, you have to be very nuanced with your selections. You have to look at everything as a whole versus looking at them separately to make sure that you're making a look that's cohesive because all these items are one on top of the other. There's no distance, no space. They have to look great. You can't mess up on this one. And I love, love, love my kitchen, but they went countertop crazy. There's butcher block, there's stone. They're stone at a different height, stone in a different color. So we're going to tone that down while I have the construction guys in there anyway. It's more affordable to do it now. While I'm living in absolute chaos anyway, might as well just get her done. Chris, While I didn't give you specifics because there are so many options to choose, hopefully I gave you some good direction that will help you feel more at peace with both your dining table and your renovation selection. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, 
With the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. Let's move on to my next question, which comes all the way from Ontario, Canada, from Kaylin. Kaylin writes, hi, Betsy. I bought my 114-year-old home three years ago and have been having the best time adding my upgrades and hiding the terrible work that the previous owners have done. The drywall upstairs must have been done by a child, not to mention the fact that part of the wall was covered in wood instead of drywall. So I decided to cover it up and lean into the cottage feel of the low ceilings by creating a faux shiplap with MDF that I painstakingly cut, nailed, primed, and painted with my partner. One more coat and I will be totally done. The color is Benjamin Moore Mayonnaise, OC85. The room pictured is my bedroom. It's north facing and faces the street. Please don't mind the painter's tape and such. Oh, please. Oh, please, Kaylin. If you could see my house and how much painter's tape. I mean, if anybody's looking, you know, where should I invest my money? I've got some spare money. I'm looking to, you know, buy some stock. Painter's tape, 3M blue painter's tape. All right. Anyway, I'm debating on what to do for the drapery. I want something that will make it difficult for people to see inside, but I don't want to block all the beautiful work I did either. I don't need blackout curtains as I can even sleep without drapes. Should I do something semi-sheer? Should I go with Roman blinds? I can sew and I've been wanting to practice. So if you suggest making my own, I have no problem with that. By the way, I'm not sure what my style words would be, but I've always been into the cottage feel, even as a child. So I don't think that my love for cottage core is a temporary thing. FYI, this room is about 12 feet by 10 feet and the max height is just under 7 feet. The ceilings slope to the ground, and they're about three feet away from the floor. Thank you, Kaylin. All right, Kaylin. Well, I am so glad that you included quite a few pictures because this is something you've got to see to fully understand. But yes, it kind of peaks in a triangular shape. You've done a beautiful job. I mean, that must have taken forever to fully shiplap this space. No, I had the same problem in my cottage, 1905, so I think the same era, and Three quarters of the walls were drywall and one quarter of the walls was the wood paneling. And I was like, let's just rip that out. Like, let's just rip out that wood paneling because it did make it feel more cozy, but it felt disjointed. And, you know, if the whole thing had been wood paneling, I may have embraced it. I may have painted it versus ripping it out. But I ripped it out and I absolutely love the result. But I really love your result as well, fully covering it with shiplap that is not for the faint of heart. And I am so impressed that not only can you do this work with the wood, but you can also sew. So many talents. Let's see. First of all, you were worried that if you do drapes, you're going to cover up the beautiful work that you did. And I can tell you right now that's absolutely not true. You have shiplap on every wall and the ceiling. People are not going to miss this work. 
Plus, you only have, let me just confirm that this is accurate, one window. One window. I am worried that all the lines, the linear lines from the shiplap are making this feel a little cold. I think this room desperately needs drapes to soften those straight lines with the undulating curves of fabric. While I would be tempted to do a Roman blind so that you can show off your work, you have plenty of shiplap to see, and I worry that a Roman blind is going to eat up a ton of your window because Roman blinds have to have a header where all the fabric gathers, and unless you do something outside mounted well above the window it's going to really eat up a lot of your natural daylight. Additionally, I assume that this is the wall you're going to put the bed on because all the other walls slope and go all the way down to three feet. So you'd be constantly hitting your head or having to like, you know, bend over to reach your bed. So the headboard is going to cut off a lot of this window. And yes, I do think you should do a headboard. The thing I love to do with drapes when I have to place the bed in front of the window is I hang the drapes far outside so that they are wider than the bed. Now, of course, when I push them to the side, I want them to cover the edge of the window frame, but I don't want the entire moment, the windows with the drapes, to be narrower than the bed. So you make sure to hang that rod so that it's outside the frame of the bed so that the window moment becomes wider than the bed moment. And that way it feels a bit more grounded, a bit more purposeful. (laughs) Guys, a struggle. It's a struggle. And I really want you to accentuate the height where you have it by hanging the drapery higher than the window box. Now, what do I mean by that? I would do, I mean, typically I do like four to six inches sometimes. It's really dependent on the room. I wouldn't say I have a hard and fast rule. But for this particular space, I would definitely go eight to 12 inches above this window, especially because you're going to be putting some window framing or trim around the window. So that eight to 12 inches I'm speaking of would be above the trim, not above the window box. And I think that will really help to draw your eye up and to take it away from the fact that the sides get so low. I also think you've got this big old ceiling fan covered in red plastic to protect it. I think you really need to spend some time considering that light fixture. It's going to be a huge focal point in the room considering the walls and the ceiling have the same treatment or application. I really want you to make sure that that piece is a showstopper. Ceiling fans are regularly unattractive. I think I've rarely described a ceiling fan as a showstopper. I can understand if you need one in this space for air circulation or whatever. A lot of my clients are like ceiling fan is non-negotiable in here, even though I don't like a ceiling fan in a bedroom, especially uh, in a primary bedroom, especially. I'm putting one in my kid's room because my son has a sweater. Is this TMI? He's no longer a lonely sweater because he's going to lunch with the friend. I paid the $10 and he even asked the friend over for a play date. Now, I don't know what they're going to do or where they're going to sit. They're going to have to sit on that slouch. But I just wanted to update you quickly with that sort of um, tangent. I wanted to update you that he's doing a lot better. He's not a ton happier, but he's adjusting. And in middle school, maybe that's normal. But he has a friend that he invited over for a play date, and it warms my heart. And I want you to have a great looking ceiling fixture so that you can add some wow to this bedroom because I'm already wowed by all of your skills. 
Well, Kaylin, keep writing in as I discover more about my 114-year-old cottage. Um, I'm sure I'll have even more wisdom to share. So there you go. Guys, if you have a cottage, if you have a house, if you have questions, if you just want to hear more about my horrible transition to Connecticut, (laughs) you just write me a note. Go over to affordableinteriordesign.com. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com. There's a podcast tab, or you can just do slash podcast. There you can become a premium member. You can hear all my design diaries and the 75 plus bonus episodes. You can write me a question. You can do all sorts of things. And you can read our show notes, which is pretty exciting. You can see the images I'm discussing and find a link to our YouTube page. Guys, just head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. And don't forget, we are hiring. If either of those positions sounded perfect for you or someone you know, send them to affordableinteriordesign.com slash careers. We would love to consider them for one of our roles today. Until next time, everybody. Bye. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.